0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Got Case and Wanderlust podcast, a show dedicated to all things travel. I'm your host, Lydia, and on this episode, you'll hear a conversation between me and another fellow traveler that will hopefully inspire you for your next travel adventure. If you enjoy listening, consider following the show and giving it a rating on Spotify, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. It would mean so much to me. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. All right, welcome to the Got a Case of Wanderlust podcast. I'm your host, Lydia. Today we have another special guest with us. His name is Jeremiah, who is a California-based award-winning photographer and travel writer whose work has been published internationally. He's the author of four books about photography and travel experiences, as well as a mathematics professor at San Bernardino Valley College. Um, I'm very appreciative that he's extended his time with us today. So, Jeremiah, thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: So the first question I always start out with is what sparked your wanderlust, your desire to travel?
1: Basically, when I was younger, you know, I remember, you know, always reading things like National Geographic, um, when uh, Michael Palin started traveling, you know, his first series around the world in 80 days, you know, just seeing these things and just thinking, oh, man, you know, someday this would be great. I'd love to do it. Um. and you know, but my problem was, you know, I ended up becoming an academic, so you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctorate, um, started teaching right after I got my master or my doctorate, um, spent seven years as an adjunct professor, and that means, you know, teaching at two or three colleges, summer's not optional, so you know, just work, 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 um, finally landed a full-time job uh, around 2005. And then I realized, Hey, you know, summer's now optional. Um, and I'm one of those types, you know, I just like to dive in. So my first big international trip was Tibet. Uh, I look back on that trip now that was, uh, very rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, not knowing any better, uh, that was, a, a you know, was, was fine, but you know, that was a very rough trip. Uh, but that's sort of like, okay, you know, all the things I've heard about and you know thought about with travel, absolutely the sites are just incredible. Yeah, you know, the photos I was able to take, you know, it was just point and shoot basically because the the skies are so incredible. You know, Tibetan Buddhism is incredibly ornate, so the temples and you know all the uh, prayer flags and such. And so it was just like, okay, you know, I want to do this again. Um, so then I you know I I waited a year because I had to save up. And then, you know, headed to Peru, Machu Picchu, same thing, okay, I I need to make this a priority. This is incredible. Um, So then, you know, those were both winter, uh, No, one was a summer trip, one was a winter trip. And then I just started, you know, oscillating, you know, or doing both if I could afford it. And then, you know, then I realized, hey, spring break, I have a spring break. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, first spring break, I went to Panama, uh, and just sort of, you know, just, it just sort of snowballed. And, you know, you start with, you know, one, two countries, hey, I think I could hit five, hit five, maybe, maybe I can hit 10, you know, <laughs> and just, you know, made it, a, made it a priority once I started doing it. Um, and then I was very fortunate when I met my wife, because she's also a traveler. So, you know, we just, you know, kept going.
0: That's incredible. I love how you kickstarted your trip, your travel journeys in Tibet. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that was a, like I said, looking back, that was a crazy first trip. But you know.
0: <laughs> What made you choose Tibet?
1: I had been studying um, Eastern philosophy when I was in college, when I was an undergrad. And I took a, a course, uh, just, you know, it's an elective. And I was really taken by Zen Buddhism in particular. Uh, but Buddhism in general. And so I was sort of reading about the different types of Buddhism and the different interpretations. And that just sort of led me to Tibet and the Dalai Lama. And I just thought, okay, this this to me, you know, seems like a, a, you know, very interesting uh, place, very, you know, religious place. Um, I'm not religious, but I just sort of, you know, was was taken by it. And then, you know, the photographer and me saw the Patala palace and some of the, you know, some of the uh, scenery, we went up to base camp of Everest. And it was just like, you know, these are just things I want to do. And it sounds like, you know, I, again, I kind of felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming into this rather late. Uh, so let me just dive in and, and do it. But Better it was, late than never. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've done well I in the last 15 years, I'm, I'm coming up on a hundred countries. So I'm, I'm, I've been making up for lost time.
0: Oh, for sure. So what would you say travel means to you now versus when you first started?
1: Now is definitely something, you know, at the time it was new and exhilarating. And it's still exhilarating, but it's just sort of become just part of the fabric of my existence, as it were, you know, it's just something I look forward to. You know, I, I try to plan something every summer and every winter. And if I can get something else in, I will. Uh, And I realized, you know, with 2020 and everything coming to a halt, how important it had become. It was sort of like, you know, this is the one thing I do when I'm not teaching, when I'm not prepping and grading, you know, that I look forward to the most. And so, you know, just sort of, you know, we, I was uh, fortunate I just came off of a sabbatical in spring. So, you know, my wife and I started traveling again last May and I just told her, you know, we've not traveled for over 2 years. Let's just pile it on and you know, I'm I don't I normally can't travel like in February or April. I can now. So, you know, we headed off to Ecuador in February and Turkey in April. It's just, you know, it's just something I really look forward to. I I like the fact that, you know, it's sort of my outlet for my photography. And, you know, now I do the writing about it. So it's just sort of just become an all-inclusive thing. It just sort of, you know, it satisfies my need to just have a break and get away. It satisfies, you know, my creative desires, as it were. It's just something, you know, and it's also something to really look forward to. You know, I'm, I'm teaching two classes right now. They end the end of the month in June, and then July I'm off again. And then, you all come back in August, teach, and then I'm off again in December. So it's just something really to look forward to. And fortunately, my my wife and I both enjoy planning. Uh, She's even better at it than I am, so I just leave it to her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's a wonderful way to spend your breaks. I wish that everyone had the opportunity to do so, because travel is definitely, like, something I look forward to as well. Like, it's just such an amazing way to make the most out of this life.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, to me, I'm just like, you know, the, it's it's nice to see things, you know, on television and on the big screen, but to actually be there in person. You know, I remember turning the corner and seeing the Treasury at Petra it was just an incredible, you know, I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen this in films, you know, or I, I was fortunate enough to be, we took like the first bus up to Machu Picchu. So everything was still shrouded in mist, and then over about thirty minutes, the mist slowly started to uncover, and it was like, "This is the this is the way to experience Machu Picchu." I mean, you know, <laughs> there's this wow. lost city that's all covered, and you can't see it, and then slowly it reveals itself. Yeah, you know, things like that are just you know, you have to experience it.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, it's definitely one of my dreams. Um, so, when did photography start to become part of your travels?
1: It always was. So. I started sort of by happenstance. A friend of mine in high school took a photojournalism course and he was looking for someone to go out with him so he could practice. And so I you know, picked up a camera. The only choice at the time was film and just went out and he kind of taught me the basics, you know, F-stop and shutter speed and all that. And, you know, we'd head out for the day, shoot a couple rolls of film come back, make a makeshift uh, dark room in one of our parents' bathrooms and develop the film and such. And so I just sort of kept at it. Um, and then when I planned the Tibet trip, I wasn't sure about film. Could I get film into bed? Would the film survive the screen? all the screenings, the x-rays? So that's actually when I switched to digital. Uh, I'd always shot film up for like 20 years. And um, so I picked up a little uh, Fuji camera at the time. And so that was my introduction to digital photography. And, you know, like I said it was such an amazing place. The interesting thing was I in film, I mostly shot black and white because that's what I knew how to develop. But Tibet is just so colorful. Every photo I took was color, you know? <laughs> it was quite the change. And so not only had I switched to digital, I'm now shooting in color. Uh, but that sort of, you know, then when I came back, I created a website. So, you know, I say I'm I'm relatively new to travel writing, but actually I did at the time. It was, I would write about each day and then there would be links to the photos. Um, so it was sort of a way I was trying to get other people to experience what I was doing and sharing it. Um, but yeah, it's always been, the photography's always been part of my travel.
0: mm. Okay. And what kind of things do you look for when deciding what and how you photograph?
1: For me, I my, my first love is architecture and ruins. So if I can go somewhere that has some amazing ruins, uh, I love that just from historical, uh, but I also enjoy just architecture in general, and modern architecture uh, in particular intrigues me. Uh, over time, I started to realize Yeah, I was very good at going to incredibly busy sites and taking photos with no people in them. But I realized at a point that that was actually detrimental. Um, So I started focusing more also on street photography, you know, getting locals in my photographs. Um, So that was around 2014. Uh, That was my first sabbatical. And uh, my wife and I spent three months uh, exploring Asia and, and retracing the Silk Road, and so that was a huge benefit to you know include locals in those photos. So now I also you know keep that in mind. You know when we went to Taiwan, oh they have a they have a night market culture. So I want to make sure I go out and photograph these night markets and you know go to the ones that the locals go to, uh, get a, a real flavor of the society and you know and also get some good food. You know <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Uh, oh yeah. Though also I ha- I will say, you know, when I first started off, I really focused on, you know, what would be a good photo? What can I photograph? I was only interested in experiences that I could get, you know, good photos. You know, as time has gone on, I've realized, you know, there's certain times I also want to add things that, you know, are great experiences. I can't necessarily photograph them. That's fine.
0: Do you find it difficult to, like, battle the struggle between wanting to take photos and being in the moment.
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, I'm one of those I like to travel light. So, I normally take one camera, maybe two lenses. Um, so sometimes it is a question of okay, do I want to get the camera out? Do I want to change the lens, you know, to get this photo or do I want to just, you know, experience it? Cuz I I my mindset more is you know, like, you know, I value the experience more. So if I can take some photos, great. If not, I'm just going to focus on the experience. Uh, And now I have the benefit of, you know, nothing else I can write about it. So there's there's something that could come of it more than just the experience.
0: So during your over 100 countries travel journey, you've also been going to many, like, less popular destinations that aren't necessarily at the top of tourist travel lists. So... Why do you enjoy going to these less popular places?
1: As I traveled, you know, more and more, I just found, you know, like when I started exploring Europe, you know, I've been to Western Europe, but I actually like Eastern Europe a little more. Uh, Again, a little lesser known, fewer tourists. Uh, When I was in Vietnam, you know, we did the whole length of the country, It's a wonderful country, highly recommend it. Um, but, you know, in the middle of the country, so we were in Hoi An, and there was this opportunity to, you know, travel to this, you know, some ruins of some, you know, ancient culture I'd never heard of before. It was like a two or three hour bus ride on this old rickety bus that kept breaking down. Um, but, you know, when you got there, it was only local tourists. And I thought, this is, this is nice, you know, because, you know, again, photographically if I go somewhere, you know, like the Eiffel tower or Christ, the redeemer, wonderful sights. but you know, how can I photograph these experiencing these in ways that other people haven't, you know, if I go somewhere that's lesser known. Then I kind of feel a little more freedom because mm-hmm. I've not seen photos from here. I've not experienced this before. You know, so I just sort of be interested in that. You know, I remember when I talked my wife into El Salvador, uh you know she's british and uh she was like you know why el salvador and i said well one you know americans don't go to el salvador <laughs> our thinking of el salvador is not favorable um but i don't think that's the case so let's go and see and explore and, and really see the country uh same thing with nicaragua it was like that was one of our favorite trips and it's just you know it's, it's just not the the, the top destination uh, i you know fully encourage going to the top destinations you know but there's other countries and other sites that like i said they're less visited you know when i was in paris we did versailles i hated it it was just thousands of people it was like a cattle call through i just oh no no way yeah you know, <laughs> eastern europe there was a little uh mansion guess what? It was designed by the same person who did Versailles. It was like a mini Versailles and we were the only people there. You know, (laughs) I so much preferred that.
0: I am totally with you on that. I feel like the experience is a lot more significant and memorable if you don't have to share it with lots of other people. Um, So yeah, I'm all about visiting less touristy places, especially with the problem of overtourism becoming such a problem now for the sustainability of of travel. So in your opinion, why do you think it's important we try to visit these more underrated places?
1: Well, I think it, I mean, part of it is that absolutely. I mean, a, a friend of ours went to Venice and hated it because, you know, again, it was just so flooded with tourists versus when we did it, you know, we actually, we picked a time that was less inundated, uh, which helps, Um uh, but I think it's also just sort of the, you know, I find it interesting that certain people get their ideas from, you know, shows or travel guides. It's like, and then suddenly that's where everybody goes. This is the new hotspot. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would rather go somewhere, you know, that's less busy because one, the experience is better. And then too, it also, you know, it sort of spreads, it spreads things out as it were, you know? So yeah, you know, thousands of people are inundating this one spot. You start to think about, yeah, how did they get there? The fuel that was used to do that. Some of these places, some, you know, so much uh, debris gets left over, you know, some of these beautiful gardens that get trampled on, you know, it's just like, you know, to me, it's like, spread it out, go there. But also, you know, but, you know, try to find a time where it's less busy, maybe off season or realize that, you know, like when I was in Cambodia, I mean, yes, we, we did Angkor Wat. You have to do Angkor Wat, but then I spent a couple of days, you know, we had a local guide and I just said, take me to temples you normally don't take people to. And, yeah, you know, we explored like 13 small little temples and it was incredible. It was, you know, again, for the most part, we had them to ourselves. And you just felt like, okay, this is more natural. And again, I've come all this way. I want to make the most of it. Um, you know, I've, I've seen some people, you know, that, that set these records for like youngest or quickest to visit all the countries. And I and I look at their route, and I see, man, that was a very inefficient way of getting there. You know, and doing what you did. You know, I would rather. Like I said, my you know, three months in Southeast Asia, that was you know one big flight, and then it was all either small flights or trains. Yeah, I felt a little bit better about that versus you know, keep flying from LA to Asia. That's not a, a good way to travel. Um and like I said, also I just you know, I I prefer sites that are you know a little less crowded. It's nice to sort of, you know, here's this site you've never heard of look at these photos I took, look how incredible it is. Maybe you can consider going here.
0: Mm, yeah, I like that idea of still hitting up the major touristy areas of, like, the most popular spots in a destination, but also getting getting outside of that and exploring more on your own. And I totally agree that it it definitely spreads your impact and decreases the amount of, like, negative impacts we have upon the destination um i just had a conversation with another podcast and she was telling me an idea of second city tourism where we visit the main city but then we also get out into the local communities so i think that was a cool idea
1: actually no it's it's interesting I've, i've been thinking that too is like wouldn't it be cool to like do a travel show on second cities? You know, you hear, you you think of, you think of France, you think Paris. Paris is wonderful. No complaints about Paris. However, you know, (laughs) there's so many other places to go and see that, you know, aren't as crowded, could use, you know, could definitely benefit from the tourist dollar. uh, And you can take a train there or a bus uh, and have less, you know, have less impact. So, no, it's definitely something... You know, and also you know, as I travel more, I start to become a little more selective. So you know, I'm I'm I have no aspirations to hit every country in the world. I don't think that's going to happen. So you know, the of the near hundred that are left, you know, why do I want to go here? You know, I think a bit more about it. You know, how can I get there? Uh, no, I I love that idea. I said yeah, I've I've had the same thought. Just you know, can't do a TV show. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I think there's so much value in going to the spots that aren't as hyped up because you could have just as meaningful, if not more, like meaningful experiences there. Um and it's also like you don't have to take a like to be more sustainable in your travels, it's not about not going and doing the touristy things and like taking away from your trip, but it's like how can you add to it, add value to it by visiting, you know, more places that are less touristy quote-unquote
1: i had a roommate in peru who taught me you know go just a couple blocks off the main square the main square yeah i remember that happening in Cuzco. yeah the main square the food's expensive it's all homogenous it's what they think tourists are going to want head off a couple blocks this is now where the locals eat and you know prices are better there's more diversity in the food you know and i've i've followed that advice now for 15 years it's a you know wonderful way of of doing it again visit the main square it's it's there's beautiful there's a reason to be there so cusco there's these beautiful churches i was fortunate fortunate enough to be there during christmas so on christmas eve it turns into this huge market where there's they're selling goods and wares and then the next day there's parades all that was wonderful but i ate like three blocks away
0: I think one of the struggles though when we travel is that we we just simply aren't aware of these. They're not as promoted as you said. So how do you discover um, where the locals go and how do you find these less um, like touristy parts?
1: When I first started traveling, it was pretty much like travel guides and just relying on that. Uh, but again, those are what focus on the main sites and the main attractions. You know, now I find, you know, one of the things my wife loves to do is when we're, we're thinking about a trip, we just start doing Google Image, and what oh, what does this place actually look like? Oh, this looks interesting, you know, or oh, that's that's not as interesting. Oh, uh, or you know, I'll research the history of a location, and so it just it's become much easier. It just takes some work, you know. I may have to dig down, go a couple pages in Google <laughs> return you know results. To find what I'm looking for, you know, but it's just it's it's so nice to be able to, you know, do that now and and find out, you know, what are some off the beaten path destinations or what are, you know, here's your top 10 things to do in Nice. What's the next 10, (laughs) you know, that sort of thing.
0: So what are some of the most underrated destinations in your opinion?
1: Well, as I mentioned, El Salvador and Nicaragua, I, I absolutely love them. Oh well, I said we just came back from Ecuador, but my intent there was I wanted to not do Galapagos. I wanted to actually explore the country of Ecuador. Um and highly recommend that. That was wonderful. Africa, I mean, I think Namibia is probably not a, a lesser known site, uh, but I spent about two weeks there. Uh amazing country. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, you know, like I said, Eastern Europe. Uh I've really enjoyed some time there, that was another one. I had to talk my wife into it, especially from an American perspective. you think Europe, you think Western Europe, yeah, you know, or Southern Europe. yeah, I have a friend who before the pandemic every year she went to Italy. Amazing country. go to Italy um, but you know i I had a great time in Macedonia. eastern europe has a has a lot of good things, a, a lot of very interesting things, a lot of very interesting history.
0: Okay, awesome. If you could go back to when you first started traveling, would you do anything differently, if anything?
1: I probably wouldn't start with Tibet. Because <laughs> like I said, looking back now, that was a rough trip. Mm. Uh, you know, looking back, now, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I only jokingly say I wouldn't. Uh, but like I said, it was one of those, you know, it, was, it was good I, I was less aware of travel back then. Um, so I would, you know, I definitely wish I, I you know, done a bit more then, because, um, you know, when you're younger, you have lesser issues. And you know, as you start to get older and start to deal with, with some things that, you know, aren't, aren't nice. Um, so, I mean, that would have been nice. But that again, that said, I, I think I've done pretty well.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So I have a few rapid fire questions to wrap up. Okay. What is your dream destination? Yemen. And um, a memorable meal that you've had?
1: One particular meal? uh, I will say last summer we were in London. Uh, My wife's mother is still there. And we were there on my birthday. And my birthday fell on a Sunday. And I finally got to have the Sunday roast.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yay. That's awesome. And if you ever come to Chicago, I actually do my own food tour. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then lastly, what is a special place in your heart?
1: Well, I mean, again, being the first to bet is just, to me, still an amazing destination. Um, And I look back, you know, I said it was a rough trip, but I look back on it, you know, so memorably. And, you know, it was just the sights that I saw. And, you know, it just opened my eyes to so many things that, you know, it's like, okay, now that I've done this, I definitely, you know, what are some other places I've just always wanted to go to? you know, how can I make it happen? So to me that, that one's just always going to be, you know, a, very special.
0: Yeah. I feel like first trips always, always hit you like super hard. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jeremiah. Um, please share, um, how we could connect with you, your books and, um, your photography.
1: Oh, absolutely. So your best bet is to go to my website, which is jeremiahgilbert.com. Um, there you'll see a link to books, So I have three travel books. Uh, The most recent is called On to Plan C, A Return to Travel. Uh, It's about exactly that. You know, we were were sidelined for over two years with COVID. Uh, May of last year, we headed off to Fiji, because that was the first trip that was canceled in 2020. Uh, So it's basically the first year back experiences. Uh, And it's also my first book to include photography. So it's half travel log, half photo essays. Uh, and that's how I plan on doing it from here on out. Um, on Instagram, I'm JG underscore travels.
0: All right, cool. Thank you so much again, Jeremiah.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Very enjoyable.
0: Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. If you can take 10 seconds out of your day, please spread the travel love by following this podcast and giving it a rating. Or if there's anyone else in your life that has a case of wanderlust, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with them. You can find me sharing even more travel-related content on Instagram at God of Case of Wanderlust and on my personal Instagram at Z. I also have a travel blog for my extra passionate travelers out there, which can be found at God of Case of And all of this can be found in the show notes.